0: Many of us love the book of Proverbs for its practicality. Every verse seems to provide us with insight, some way to think or be that will make our lives run just a bit more smoothly. And because the book of Proverbs provides us with a poetic roadmap of how God has designed the world to work, following its practical, day-to-day guidance does make our lives more pleasant— But even this will prove a bit hollow in the long run if that's the only reason we study Proverbs. We don't want to miss the heart of it, what God is saying to His people through this unique portion of Scripture. This is a collection of sayings that provide skill in the art of godly living and show us how to reflect God's glory in the details of our lives and relationships. It's the difference between going to Proverbs for advice and going to it for wisdom. Seeking wisdom and not just advice requires more heartwork, but it's worth it. It's because the wisdom found in Proverbs takes us outside of ourselves and our own lives to someone else, our covenant Lord. It teaches us that wisdom is not primarily about what we do, but about who God is and what He's done for us. That's the heart of the book and the primary reason to study it. That's a long quote by Justin S. Holcomb, but it is a great start to this introduction episode. I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is God's Wisdom for Today, a weekday live broadcast series from the book of Proverbs. Just like a proverb, this show is a short, wisdom-packed nugget of truth teaching us how to live our lives well. The book of Proverbs is an invitation from God to step into the wisdom of God. It is a very practical roadmap for developing the skill of living. My father and I both run businesses that encourage people toward biblical lives. We want you to be in an active, growing relationship with God. We want you reading, understanding, and applying the Bible to your life. And we want you to be looking more and more like Christ every single day. When the coronavirus quarantine started, my day job, so to speak, my other business, it crashed, and we decided to do some collaboration. And this show is one of those collaborations. I'm teaming up with Get Wisdom Publishing to bring you a short daily teaching based on the book of Proverbs. We'll start this series by working through the first section of Proverbs, the first nine chapters, verse by verse. I mean, literally, verse by verse. We'll cover one or two verses during each short weekday broadcast. The Proverbs themselves begin in chapter 10, so at that point, we'll switch to a topical approach and focus on all the Proverbs that deal with a single subject at one time. Now, that gives you a basic plan for what we're gonna do. But the more important question, the critical question, is why? Why study Proverbs at all? Why study wisdom literature for that matter? And what is wisdom actually? I'm gonna answer those questions today, as well as talk a bit about what a proverb is and what kind of writing that we're gonna find in this book and why that's even important. Let's talk about wisdom literature. I'm probably making a generalization, I realize, but most of us don't study wisdom literature. We don't study the books that are declared to be wisdom literature that we find in the Bible. We study the Gospels, the letters, and sometimes books in the Old Testament too, like Genesis or major books of prophecy maybe, like Daniel or Isaiah. But there are a few groups of books that we tend to quote verses from, but not really dig into. And one of those groups is wisdom literature. Wikipedia says wisdom literature is a genre of literature common in the ancient Near East. It consists of statements by sages and the wise that offer teachings about divinity and virtue. Although this genre uses techniques of traditional oral storytelling, it was disseminated in written form. So wisdom literature isn't necessarily biblical. It's the written wisdom of generations of wise people. The wisdom literature that we'll be looking at, though, is found in the Bible. So it's not only wisdom from wise people, but from God himself. Which books are part of the Bible's wisdom literature? Well, that seems like an easy question, but there's some variation in this list. At the most basic level, all people include the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Song of Solomon is often included as well as Psalms, but not all Psalms are considered wisdom literature. The ones that are are mainly classified that way if they deal with the kind of subjects that are usually found in wisdom literature. For example, the way of the wicked compared to the way of the righteous. In the New Testament, James is usually counted as a wisdom book, and portions of Jesus' teachings would fall into that category as well. What's so important about wisdom literature? Is it just a bunch of old smart guys telling us what to do? Well, kind of. Wisdom is neither law nor prophecy. It's not telling us what we have to do or telling us what's going to happen. It's designed to help us live our lives right now. It teaches us how to live in a way that honors God and others. It's both really practical and really beautiful. Much of wisdom literature is written as poetry. and The Bible is made up of lots of different literary forms, different types of literature— There are letters like those that Paul wrote to the churches that he planted. Some examples of those would be Colossians, Philippians, and Romans. There's narrative or storytelling, which makes up 43% of scripture. And then there's poetry. One out of every three chapters in the Bible is poetry. Isn't that amazing? We don't read that much poetry these days, so that's really unusual for us. Poetry is an art form. And as an artist, I am so awed that God chose to send so much of his communication to us in an art form. Why would he do that? Well, poetry uses metaphor, densely packed concepts, and creative writing to get its point across to us in a different way than letter writing or storytelling does. One of the Bible Project's videos says it this way, and I love this. The poem ignites your imagination through the experience of verbal art. Igniting our imagination is different than how we read a letter or even listen to a story. I love that God uses a lot of different kinds of language to communicate with us. And in this case, he's teaching us how we should live in a way that we'll remember. In this series, we're going to dig into the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a collection of writings, some poems, some proverbs. It's an anthology or gathering together of wise sayings and teachings. In my observation, we tend to treat Proverbs kind of like we do inspirational quotes. We think that they're simply nice sayings. We listen, nod our heads at the clever wisdom, and then we go on with our lives. We treat them like sound bites, rather than like a full meal that will nourish and fuel our lives. That's a mistake. They're meant to think deeply about, to chew on and digest, and to be used up for living. Ralph Drawlinger says, In essence, Proverbs conveys godly wisdom, which is skill at living life. Therefore, if you desire to increase in your general ability to live life successfully, then the book of Proverbs needs to be a staple of your daily spiritual diet. And although Proverbs are found elsewhere in Scripture, this is the book amongst the 66 God-inspired books of the Bible that deal specifically, broadly, and succinctly with the subject. This book answers the question, How should I live my life? In answering that, as said, it is not a selfish, how can I be successful book, but rather it instructs the believer on how, that in the day of judgment, he can know for certain if he has lived a life that is pleasing to God and worthy of reward. This book deals with personal morality, duty, ethics, values, and virtues that inform and instruct what exactly God's will is, even in the complex matters of life. To the student of the book, it clarifies what exactly righteousness looks like and is in a given situation. It will inform the believer time and time again as to what is the right thing to do. States one commentator, it pricks the conscience, penetrates the soul, and probes the deepest recesses of the heart. By design, Proverbs, being a proactive book, promotes personal holiness At the most practical levels of living. Now, that's a really long way to say that Proverbs is a reliable guide for learning to live wisely and well in our world, and it will help you develop a set of practical skills for your life. I'm guessing that you, like me, would love to have a personal, God inspired guide to dig into to help us learn how to live our faith in really practical ways. And that's exactly what we have in the book of Proverbs. Let's talk for a few moments about the language of Proverbs and what a proverb actually is. The first nine chapters are made up of a set of speeches from a father to his son and a series of poems by Lady Wisdom. Now, we'll talk more about the personification of wisdom when we get into the study, but it's interesting to find her opening the book because the book closes with chapter 31 an acrostic poem describing a woman who is living out and applying these proverbs to her life, an example of wisdom in action. Between these two women bookends, we have a whole lot of collected wisdom in the form of proverbs. Hebrew poetry is different than poetry that we're used to. Instead of meter and rhyme like what we have in English poetry, they use different conventions— Much of what we'll see in the language of Proverbs are couplets. That's two lines placed next to each other, and they're related. The first line is the basic statement, and the second line elaborates. It might contrast with the first statement, might deepen our understanding of it, or intensify it, or complete it. Each group of couplets can then be grouped in repetitive sets that help us examine an idea from all different angles. Now, most Proverbs are couplets. A proverb is a concise, memorable statement of a general truth. Proverbs are not just biblical. They're wise sayings present in many cultures. For example, here's one of my favorite Chinese proverbs. A book holds a house of gold. It's a beautiful, descriptive, memorable way to communicate the value of a book. The biblical proverbs are the same type of literary form, a short statement of general truth, but they're different because they're God's truth. The Proverbs in this collection are there because God inspired their writing and their inclusion. We do have to be careful not to read them like we do other kinds of literature. We can't read them like we read narrative storytelling. They're biblical truth, but not specific promises. For example, think about the English proverb, Adversity and loss make a man wise. This isn't saying that every time we have an adversity or loss, we'll automatically just become wiser, but it is true that in general, adversity has the opportunity to help us grow in wisdom. Proverbs are concise, memorable statements of general truth. They're likely possibilities, not promises. I want to close today by talking about why wisdom is important. We have so much information in the world today. A number of years ago, IBM predicted that by this year, 2020, the amount of knowledge in the world will be doubling every 12 hours. That's mind boggling. The whole accumulated knowledge of the world doubling every 12 hours? I don't know how close we are to that prediction, but we do have an overabundance of knowledge. What we need, what we desperately need in the world today, is wisdom. We need to learn how to apply that knowledge to our everyday lives. Wisdom is applying knowledge to our lives so that we can make godly choices. The Hebrew word for wisdom means more than just mental activity. In our culture, we think of wisdom as being smart, but that's not what it is. It refers primarily to practical knowledge. It's skillful living. The purpose of Proverbs is to teach us to know wisdom so that we can live skillfully. Tim Keller says Proverbs calls us to study, to think, to learn the practical discipline of centering all of our thoughts and actions on God. Proverbs is about how, having trusted God, we should then live that faith out. And so, that's why we're starting this journey. It's our goal to share God's tools with you for building a better life, to encourage you to fall in love with God's wisdom, and to help you grow in Christlikeness. Do you need that? God's wisdom, God's help in living a better life and to grow in Christlikeness? I know I do. So join me as we walk through Proverbs each weekday. We'll be recording during a live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube and making that recording available as a podcast as well so that you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. One more thing I want to mention. We're making PDF journal pages available each week as well for free. If you want to follow along with the broadcast and keep a record of what you learn along the way, have a place to respond and think about the application questions that I ask in each episode, go to getwisdom.link backslash email to sign up. That was getwisdom.link backslash email. Now, if you're not in a place that you can do that right now, you will find that link in the show notes of every episode. The book of Proverbs is not just good advice. It's an invitation from God to step into the wisdom of God. It's a practical roadmap for developing the skill of living. I am so looking forward to this new show. I hope you will join me. I would love to see you there. Let me close in prayer. Lord, we do not want wisdom just to be successful. We do want it so that we can better know you, better love you, and better love others. We want it to help us live godly lives that honor you. So lead us into the kind of wisdom that transforms us into the likeness of Christ. Amen.